Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And together, we are FNA Van Life. You guys are our FNA friends, and we're so excited to be back on the podcast talking to you guys. Today, we have a very special guest. His name is Nomad Brad, and he is one of the original Van Lifers that we met when we first got on the road. The dragon, as we call him. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so we talk about that later in the podcast, but so basically, it's like we did a lot of hot springs together in Oregon, and... Uh, we like to do this thing in the hot springs. Sometimes they're not that deep, so you end up flipped over on your belly and then walking with your hands, and we call that dragon. Yeah. It's just a fun thing. Yeah, it's just a fun little joke. But yeah, so right now we are exploring Yellowstone. It's really beautiful, but unfortunately we got somewhat of a rainy day. Well, it's been like a rainy week, honestly. Like, we were waiting... For a couple of days to even go into the park. We had our fingers crossed for snow. Because we wanted to take a picture of the van and snow for a magazine cover. If we could possibly get on it. But that didn't really happen. Yeah. So we weren't going to wait around too long. So we decided to go visit Yellowstone while it was raining. Yeah. So I think we're going to go back into the park maybe in a day or two here. Just to like see it in a different kind of weather. Because the thing about Yellowstone is there's all these geysers. Which are basically... Uh, I don't want to say like explosions from the earth, right? Like it's, it's all this, much where they are. this geothermal activity, but it creates a lot of steam. And when it's wet outside, it creates a lot of steam. It almost makes like a fog within the park. Yeah, like you'll be driving down the road and it's just like, boom, you're in this huge fog and you can hardly see in front of you. Which was actually a really kind of a cool way to see Yellowstone in this, you know, foggy, mysterious kind of element rather than like you know the bright blue sky and and then you get to see all the colors we were fortunate to see a lot of different colors anyway though because it wasn't raining too hard and we still got to see the buffalo which was great Mm -hmm, so many and how many buffalo by those guys was kind of insane to me like at least a hundred buffalo just like hanging out in the field and they're, they're like next to the geysers like you would think that you would think that there's a chance that that like they might be stepping in that really hot, acidic water. Um, I was asking Alex several times, like, do you think like they ever find buffaloes like just kind of dead? I don't know the if area? they would find them or if they would just get like sucked into the earth. Yeah, right. Over you know? time. Yeah. But so it's been really neat kind of being in this area. It's off season, which is actually kind of the perfect time to explore some of these national parks. For us, it's actually very cool because our park pass expired a couple months ago and we haven't bought a new one yet. So we were ready to buy one for Yellowstone. But when you're going in the week right now, there's nobody at the gate to even take your money. Yeah, so you can kind of just drive through and mosey on in and, you know, go check it out. So it's kind of the perfect timing if you're trying to save money. And right now, actually, the video that we're making is balling on a budget, you know? Yeah, it's all about saving money. And the other benefit is that I'm sure Yellowstone in the summer is just packed. It's one of the most popular national parks. It would be jam-packed in there. Every single parking lot would be full. All the roads would be very trafficked. So right now, there's hardly anybody around, so you can kind of explore at your own pace. So even though the weather's not 100% great, it is kind of a great time to explore. Just a week ago, uh, we met some people at a coffee shop before we went through, and just a week before, they said there was about a thousand people at Old Faithful. When we were there, there was maybe a hundred at that. Mm-hmm. We didn't get to see Old Faithful go we off. We missed we were, it by ten minutes. Ten minutes, but yet we didn't even look it up, and we still almost made it perfect time in the see Old Faithful. Uh, if we didn't walk through the like little geyser area, we would have made it right on time. Yeah, without even having a clue that it goes off at that point. Yeah, so apparently it goes off every ninety minutes, about give or take. All day, every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, by the time we missed it, the next one would have been dark. So yeah. we were like, let's just drive out of the park because it's honestly like a really long drive to get out of there. 
To get through it, yeah. Yeah, because you can't park inside the park. So you have to kind of like drive pretty far deep to get in to see anything, but then you have to drive pretty far deep back out to camp for the night. Unless Uh you're, well, most of the campgrounds right now are closed anyway, so you have to leave to camp. Anyways, let's talk about Nomad Brad because he is our guest today. He is a really awesome guy. Well, what leads us into No Bad Brad is the nature aspect. One thing that he wanted to do was get out of the city life, get out of the nine to five and get himself back into nature where he felt like he was finding himself again. I feel like for us, being in nature has been one of the greatest things about van life. I know that when we were living in New York City, so much hustle and bustle, I was struggling with panic and anxiety And you can find natural places in cities, like if you're looking for parks or, you know, you drive an hour or two outside of the city, but it just, it doesn't have the same feeling as being in the middle of nowhere. While Alex was struggling with stress and anxiety, I was struggling with time. I was losing so much time and commuting to and from the city that was only 13 miles, but I was losing three hours a day in turn is about 52 hours and 52 days a year. So when you look at how much time you lose, is the money that you're making worth that time? I'd rather have that time being in nature. I'd rather have that time being doing things that I want to do. Remember, life is something that we only get to do one time from what we know as physical beings right now. It, realistically, you want to try to enjoy it as much as you can. The way you want to live your life is very important. So for me, getting out on the road... And and living this type of lifestyle, I was hoping to find that. And I truly think we did. Mm-hmm. I think for us and Nomad Brad, the same is true. It's like we all felt like we were wasting time in these jobs and careers and these life paths that you're supposed to do. And, you know, you're following the rule book and you're doing what everybody tells you is the right thing to do. But somehow something is still missing. Yeah. And for all of us, van life has been the way to find that something special, you know, get out of the hustle and bustle of the nine to five existence, explore within ourselves, explore within the world and realize that you can live with less. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at this point in time for us, that means we're making less money than we were in New York City. But because our expenses are so low, it doesn't even matter. No, it really doesn't. We have an opportunity now to live the way that we want to live, not really worry about money as much because you don't have to make as much money. You still have to make it. You still have to work hard. We work all the time, as you guys know, uh, from doing the podcast, doing all the videos that we do, trying to keep updated on Instagram and, and TikTok and all these different you know avenues of social media. But that doesn't mean we don't make time for ourselves. Actually, we probably make more time now for ourselves than we ever have before because we're learning that balance. And a special secret podcast insider tip. We just got a little sneaky new logo design. Yeah. We haven't like released it officially. So these things, it's a little bit more tricky when you live in a van because we, we're going to order a whole bunch of stickers from Sticker Mule with this cool have an FNA day design. It's like very colorful and bright and I absolutely love it. I think it's super cool. It's really cute. But we don't want to release it really until we have the stickers so that we can, you know, mail them to people when we have them. But anyways, Frankie just updated our Teespring store with the really cool logo. And if you guys want to check that out, the link is in the description so below. So you, you guys know from listening to the podcast at the end of every podcast, we wish you guys an FNA day. The logo is the FNA day. So we hope that you pick one up and you can rep the FNA day. Uh, you know, for everybody out there to see, to send that positive vibe to everybody and including yourselves. But yeah, let's jump back into the podcast. Let's get talking to No Bad Brad. And I, we really want you guys to see the insight that he has for doing this lifestyle for so long and still being so immersed into it and wanting to show everybody else how capable you are to be able to make this lifestyle happen. We've got No Mad Brad on the podcast today. I feel like we met you two summers ago, which is pretty wild. And at that point, you'd already been on the road for quite a while. So why don't you kind of take people through your story of, you know, how you got on the road and how long you've been living the nomad Brad life? Hey, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, no, I've been on the road for um, March of 2022 is going to be four years. 
So coming up on four years and time f- does fly by. It's hard to believe it's already been two years uh, since I met you guys. But uh, yeah, when you're living the nomad life, it just seems like everything just kind of blends together and moves quickly. And before you know it, a whole season has passed. Um, and so, you know, as far as me starting my journey, I started out, you know, having a regular job. I was working a lot Well, not having a regular job. I owned a business, but I was, you know, working hard, busy at it. I had a house, uh, I had a girlfriend, had a lot of stuff, cars and motorcycles and stuff. And so, you know, I was doing all the things, right? All the things that society tells you you're supposed to do to, you know, be happy and be successful. And I remember I had a, I was on the phone with my dad one day, I was standing in my backyard and I remember having a conversation with him and I was like, I don't know what to do next. Like, I guess, I guess I get married and have a kid, (laughs) Um, you know, not because I wanted to do that, but just because I didn't feel like satisfied, you know, with my life. And I didn't know, you know, what to do to, to kind of find satisfaction or to find happiness. Right. And so that was just something I randomly spit out. Like maybe I should have a kid. And, um, and it wasn't shortly after that, that I just kind of realized, actually, I'm really not happy at all. And, uh, I began having the feeling that all the possessions and the stuff I had accumulated was controlling me rather than me being in charge of my own life. I felt like I was always working on the business or fixing the house or maintaining, um, you know, a to- the, my toys, or I was always doing something. I was never, I never had downtime. And uh, I got to the point where I was really stressed out at work. And in order to like kind of de-stress and try to find a balance, I would go for, I would go into nature. So I would go for walks. Uh, I would walk my dog. I would go to the park. I would go to the river. All these things were pretty close to my business. And it was at one point where I made these little baby steps. And then I finally, at the time I had an SUV and I finally decided I was going to go and just like camp out for the weekend. And so this was my first experience into van life. And this was like before I even researched it or knew that it was a thing. This was just me trying to get out and be in nature. And I went to Target and I bought uh, like a memory foam mattress topper and a bunch of snacks and a cooler. And I just filled my SUV up and drove up to the mountains. And I was like, I'm going to go out. I'm going to just camp like kind of ghetto style, like in my car. I don't care. And uh, so I drove about an hour away from my shop into the mountains. This was in Oregon. So uh, mountains, mountains and, and stuff are pretty close and got up onto a forest road. And I found this one spot that was like there was a big clearing where they did a bunch of logging. And so I, I pulled down this logging road, like through this thick uh, forest of trees. And then right as you come through it on the other side, it just opened up. It was super big. They had done a bunch of logging back there. So you could just see like super far into the valley. And it was absolutely beautiful. And, uh, you know, there were no lights up there. So you could see like every star in the sky. And so I just hung out all night, you know, uh, out under the stars and just relaxing. And I spent two days up there and I just felt so like de-stressed and re-energized And, you know, I didn't even want to have to go back on Monday back into the office. And so, you know, there were a couple more trips like that. And over time, I just started to kind of assess, you know, why do I feel so much better, you know, when I'm out in nature versus when I'm doing all these things that I'm supposed to be doing. And then I decided to look for ways that I could, you know, make that my life. So I was just happy and not as stressed on a more regular basis which was being out in nature and, and traveling and adventuring. So that was kind of, you know, what got me started on it. Experience. It sounds like you had a very eye-opening experience on like what you maybe want to do in your life. And like, first things first, a baby doesn't solve any problems. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> All right. You yeah, made very much the right choice. Like if you're in a bad relationship, if you've got a bad job, if you're feeling stressed out, adding a baby to any of that is not the answer it's gonna add to that stress that's for sure <laughs> so i'm glad that you recognize that and you know m- went to things that were actually going to de-stress your life like being in nature and connecting with yourself um i feel like it seems like van life for you has been kind of a spiritual journey of 
sorts as well. Like, you know, getting deeper into your yoga practice, you know, I've seen you, you know, in person doing that and, you know, has your diet changed? Has your mentality changed? Like Brad from, you know, I feel like I remember you telling us about like your club days when you had like that, like fancy suit you would wear, you know, hitting the club versus like Brad of today. It's like two very different people. Yeah. Uh, I was definitely a completely different person. I was super lost. Uh, you know, right when all this happened, like I had this business, I did a lot of drugs. I smoked cigarettes like crazy. My business partner smoked a ton of cigarettes. We were always outside on the phone, just like chain smoking. And, uh, you know, I was, yeah, going out to bars and clubs with my girlfriend and like, I had like a BMW convertible. I thought I was cool. Like cruising around with the top down, just being stupid and, uh, you know, but all that stuff was just, you know, like coping mechanisms. It was, it was things to try to do to feel good about myself, but really I, I felt terrible. And so van life has been a, like, for me, it's been a really spiritual journey. And it's funny because I, I love photography and I've taken a bunch of photos and I compiled like this mont this collage on my wall of like my four years of traveling. And I'm looking, I look over the photos all the time. And I looked over them the other day and I realized like most of the photos are just nature shots with nobody in it, or it's like just my van, or it's like a selfie. And even though I've met a bunch of cool people doing the van life and I've had some awesome experiences, including 4th of July weekend with you guys was amazing. Um, but I've just realized like really the best moments for me have been like moments of of solitude and like spiritual growth and, you know, changing and transforming into who I, I want to become. So it's definitely been a, a, a journey for me. Yeah. Do you feel like that since you've been on the road now, um, you're asked like the way that you travel is different. So in the beginning, what was it like compared to now? Are you more savvy with, you know, the way you make money or the, like how fast you travel or how slow you travel? Yeah, when I first started, I I did the whole West Coast in like a month and a half. I started I I started at my dad's in Arizona. I went over to San Diego and I went all the way up to the Olympic Peninsula in Washington. And I went excuse me, I went super fast. And um I think that's what most people do their first time because you're just like, there's all this momentum, right? You've been building this rig and like planning and watching YouTube videos. And then it's like the gates are open and you're like, I'm doing it. And so, you know, you're in this hurry to go out and like do your adventure. Um, and now that I've done that, I still have some, I mean, you'll never see all the places, right? But I definitely now, you know, feel a lot slow in a good way that I, I take my time and it's more about enjoying every day. Um, you know, you start to find joy and happiness in everyday things rather than trying to find things to bring you happiness. Maybe I'd say it that way. I think that's so true in terms of like, well, we did the exact same thing. Like when we first set out, we were trying to do these 71 mountains. Oh my we God, in, that's right. You guys are crazy. <laughs> yeah, we were like, we were go, go, going. And it really caught up with us in a way that like, it wasn't really fun. Like we were like, van yeah. life was supposed to be enjoyable but we just almost feel equally as stressed out like we're stressed out on our own terms not yeah. on our job's terms but we're still stressed yeah it was almost like alex was my stage mom uh making sure that i was fed in order to try to make it to all these different mountains <laughs> which is not the way that we wanted this lifestyle to be for us you know and but we were so determined to try to hit that goal it kind of just took away from everything else and the aspect of trying to live this life the way that we do now. I mean, we, we hit 35 different st states in under three months. It's kind of wild. And yeah. see, I think that's, that's part of bringing that old lifestyle of like the hustle and bustle. And you guys were both working, you know, pretty serious jobs. So it's like, you have to kind of detox from that. You know, you have to be okay with like just hanging out in a parking lot all day and not feeling like you're wasting your time, you know? Yeah, Sorry. we definitely spend a lot of days just handing out in parking lots. Well, especially now that we're trying to run a business while we're on the road, too. So, you know, I, I think originally 
we were planning on only being on the road for one year. So it was like, we need to cram as much as we possibly can right. into that one year. Cause then we're <laughs> going to go back to like regular life. Right. But then obviously, you know, you get rolling and you got this momentum and you're like loving it. And you're like, I'm not ready to give this up, but now I need to figure out a way, you know, our savings are kind of going down, down, down. How do we start bringing them back up, up, up? Um, so you've been on the road since 2017, What's been your journey with like money and jobs and work, um, you know, from then until now? I know you have a really exciting business going on right now. So I definitely want to get into that. But like, you know, what are kind of all the odd jobs in between that kind of got you to this place where you are today? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, the one thing that I haven't done is I haven't had a steady income just in general, like even in my regular life, like I owned businesses, I flipped businesses. I've just always like been somebody that I do something for a while and then I get bored and I move on. And so as far as jobs, like I, on the road, I've, you know, I've done a little bit here and there. Um, the first year, let's see, I want to say almost the first year I was on the road, I didn't have a job. I just had, I had savings, you know, um, cause I sold everything before I hit the road. So I had like some money set aside and, um, you know, I just had the belief that like, I needed to get out on the road. I needed to be in nature. I needed to relax and de-stress. And then I could have a clear head and kind of figure out what I wanted to do. And I would recommend that for anybody, if you can, you know, try to have a, a period when you hit the road where you can just kind of find your feet where you're not like instantly trying to like juggle because having not having money is super stressful especially when you're living in your van and then there's a bunch of unknown variables so if you can have a cushion where you can just acclimate to van life and not have to worry about money it's it's the right way to do it so that's what I did but then you know I just the other feeling was once I get on the road and I meet people I'll you know I'll figure it out I've never had an issue with you know, figuring out money in the past. So I, I just kind of was uh, confident that I would make it happen. And so how it, how my, how I got my first job is I, I had a friend on Facebook who I'd never even met in person just from a van life page. And he sent me a DM and told me there was a post in a, a van life Facebook group that somebody was looking for a, a van life videographer and so I checked it out. I'm not professionally trained in videography or photography, but I do it as a hobby. And I'm like, I'm pretty good. So I was like, I'll try it out. And I applied for the job. And it turns out it was a position to be the personal assistant videographer for Bob Wells uh, of Cheap RV Living. And he's the guy, he has a ton of videos on YouTube. He uh, runs Homes on Wheels Alliance, which is a nonprofit. They do charity vehicle conversions. And he also was the head of the RTR, that big event in Quartzsite every winter. So he's a pretty big dude, pretty successful. And uh, I applied and they chose me. So I was able to travel with him uh, for, I lose track of time, but, you know, a little less than a year. And it was cool. I mean, it paid me well. Um, you know, I didn't get rich off it, but it paid me more than I needed, you know, to live the van life. And then I got to travel with him and, and he showed me some cool uh, campsites that I'm sworn to secrecy that I, to this day, haven't told anybody about. But uh, if I'm ever back in Oregon, I'll probably hit up some of those spots. But um, definitely the idea is that, you know, until you get out there, you don't know what the possibilities are. And that's that's what I found to be the case. Yeah, I think it's super cool that it's almost like, you know, leap and the net will appear. Yeah, You had the yeah. desire to be out on the road and you just kind of had faith that something would happen. And I think that a lot about van life is being in the flow and, you know, being open to these different opportunities and just being, you know, receptive to what the universe is putting in front of you, you know, talking about that like spiritual journey in a sense for us, a lot of van life is about being in the flow. And, you know, when you meet somebody and they're like, Oh, well, this is the best hot spring. You should definitely visit there. We're like, yeah, let's go visit there. And then usually oh. when we, get there, we meet someone else that's like, Oh, like, you know, come back to my house, I'll give you a shower or, you know, it's a place to stay or whatever, you know, like things just happen the way that they're supposed to. Have you seen all these hot spring photos that Sydney Schooley's posting? No, uh, I, I haven't. I've seen a couple of them. Oh my house. God. Like she says they're in Oregon. Like I have no idea where these are at, but they're absolutely oh. beautiful. 
Yeah, yeah. So well, I, so I believe it. There's some. There's still some like unfound spots out there, at least for me and my group, that I need to. I need to visit. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, you guys have basically the hot spring scene in Oregon locked down. I mean, we were there with you guys. Yeah, we were there with you for a couple of weeks, and it was just like boom, boom, boom. Like every day was another gorgeous place. So we're in Idaho right now. And Nomad Brad the Dragon. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) Uh, We'll explain that a a different time, I guess. But yeah, I feel like it's just a really cool to be in the flow of life and to be on the road. And do you have any examples that you can think of where, you know, other than this really cool, amazing job with Bob Wells that, you know, things just kind of worked out perfectly because you were on the road? Yes, absolutely. That's a good question. I have a great answer for you. Um, So this was like about six months into working for Bob. I was in my first build. My uh, I had an E250 Ford cargo van. That's what I started out in. And I was in there for like six months, and I decided I wanted something bigger. I wanted to be able to stand up completely, and I wanted room to move around. I didn't have like even an aisleway. It was so tight. And so I decided I wanted to upgrade. But, you know, I'm on the road. I don't have like a residence and I'm not going to buy something already built out because I have the ability to build it myself. I'm not going to pay crazy prices for something built out. And so I I was like asking the universe. I was like trying to figure this out. Like, how am I going to make this happen? And in the meantime, I'm like scrolling all day Craigslist facebook marketplace trying to find like what kind of rig i want to replace um my current rig and so we're staying we're doing a charity van build in pahrump nevada which is like no the middle of nowhere it's like a small town there's nothing going on there but it's like an hour and a half from las vegas and so i'm living on on blm land in the desert with like there's a whole group of us nomads there's like because it's the charity van build, there was probably 30 or 40 of us all staying like within this area on BLM land. And so we would have like potlucks and stuff in the evening and hang out and just drink beers and have a good time. And I met this guy who was traveling with another guy. They were friends and they were staying like he had a big RV, but the, the one guy, he wanted to get his own rig. And so I mean, what are the chances like you meet this guy in the desert that doesn't have a rig that wants to buy a rig and he's got a bunch of money and he likes my rig. And I'm like just talking to him. and He's like, show me your rig, bro. Like, let me buy it. You know, like, I'll pay you for it. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know, whatever. I mean, I, I didn't realize yet that the universe was like delivering exactly what I had been asking for. And uh, and so I looked on Craigslist and at one point I found actually it was Facebook Marketplace. I found a shuttle bus that was exactly what I wanted. It was 21 feet. It was a 7.3 turbo diesel. It only had 120,000 miles. I mean, it's like a white whale. Like you don't find these things. And it was in Las Vegas. And the guy the guy wanted like he only wanted four thousand dollars for it. It was like it was so cheap. And uh, I just couldn't believe it. And so I go back to this guy and I tell him the deal. And I'm like, but I, you know, I want to get this van. I'll sell you my van, but I don't have the cash right now to go buy this other rig. And so he went with me to Las Vegas, went to the bank, gave me $4,000 cash, this guy I don't even know. So I could go buy this shuttle bus and then he like helped me drive it back. So he drove my van. I drove the shuttle bus back to Pahrump, Nevada. And then I like unloaded and moved all my stuff over to the shuttle bus. And he took my van and then gave me uh, the rest of the money after I gave him, you know, the full van. But like completely did a van swap in the middle of nowhere. Like what kind of crazy story is that? Like that will not happen unless you're on the road. Absolutely. That is so amazing. I feel like buying and selling a van is so stressful or it can be. And you kind of just like manifested this like perfect situation where, you know, you got the money and you got the buyer and then you got the van and like everything just kind of worked out perfectly. Like that never happens. Like it never happens. And I told the guy multiple times, I was like, oh no, like I'm not ready to sell. I'm, you know, like I don't even have money for a new van. Like my mind had it wrapped around the fact that I was manifesting exactly what I asked for. And once I caught on, I was like, oh my God. Okay. Yes. Let's do it. It was awesome. 
but yeah, I think that's super amazing. And, you know, Frankie and I have had a lot of situations like that, even just like, you know, meeting people or being in the right place at the right time. And like, you know, when we sold our van, our first van, we actually had a friend who we met in a parking lot who then caravaned with us, you know, offer to let us live in his van. That's right. Us from Oregon to Florida. <laughs> and like, what kind of a human being would be like, oh, yes, come live with me in my apartment with you and your significant other and your dog? Not only did right. he do that, but then he offered up his bed to us while he would have to make his own little bed every single night. I mean, talk about the wonderful people that are out there in the world. And I, I do feel that we've came across nothing but wonderful people since we've been on the road. I mean, yeah, there's there the couple here and there that might be like, you know, in a bad mood or whatever they have going on. It's normally a reflection of what's going on in their life. But then we meet these amazing people majority of the time. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's, you know, that's really the, those are the connections I was missing in my previous life. You know, I lived, I lived in this house for like two years and I, I didn't even talk to my neighbors, you know, like I didn't know anybody and I, I didn't have anybody I could like call and ask to even, you know, really drive me to the airport, let alone like drive me across the country. So it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's pretty cool. The people you meet out here. Totally. We couldn't agree more. Let me ask you. So you mentioned in that last story, you went from an econo line that you couldn't stand in to a shuttle bus, and now you're in a box truck. Do you yes. want to kind of maybe lay out just a little bit of like a pros and a cons of like each living situation for people who are maybe looking at, you know, different kind of rigs and like trying to figure out what to get? Yeah, for sure. Uh, the, the van was an awesome place to start, especially if someone's going to do a, like a self-conversion um, because it's, it's the smallest space and it's the, it takes the least amount of time to convert it. The van, you can park it almost anywhere and it's the most stealthy. I would say it's the most stealthy uh, vehicle. And then of course the, the downside, and it's going to have the best fuel economy. The downside is that it's the smallest so like for me, I couldn't stand up completely. I had to like basically spread my legs out super wide and then bend my head sideways <laughs> to like brush my teeth. So it was not ideal. Um, but some people, they make it happen. So, you know, it's it just depends. But I think it's a good place to start. And that's something else I tell people is don't. Um, you know, don't necessarily think that your first rig has to be your dream rig. Because a lot of times you don't really know what you want until you're living on the road, until you're driving and parking and, and seeing what you really need. So don't stress too much about what your first vehicle is. Just try to get out there, get out on the road and see what you need and see what you want. And then, you know, maybe think about a second vehicle as being your, uh, you know, your forever home, something like that. Um, but my, uh, so the shuttle bus was cool because it's the easiest to get into, you know, they have the, the regular bus stairs up front. So you just kind of walk up in and, um, and so that's nice. You can stand up. It's got a lot of space. The shuttle buses are easy to find with diesel engines, which is why I wanted the shuttle bus. Cause I, I wanted the diesel engine. So you can't really find a box truck. And you don't see too many passenger vans with diesel engines. So, and the shuttle buses are really a low price. They're even cheaper than uh, like mini school buses. I think because they're fiberglass, they just, they don't have as high of a resale value as like the metal uh, schoolies. So the shuttle buses are, are, you know, a good option for that. The downside of the shuttle bus for me is like the fiberglass, um, you know, it cracks and it, it develops more cracks over time. So that's something you have to consider. The bodies aren't as, uh, you know, strong as like a school bus that's metal. Um, the shuttle bus I had, it's nothing against shuttle buses, but the one I had, the little engine cover was like, didn't seal very well. And the diesel motor would smoke sometimes. So it would like, literally, it would like shoot smoke like up inside the cab while I was driving, uh, which was kind of inconvenient. And uh, it was super loud and it like it was kind of rough to drive out of all the vehicles I had the shuttle bus it felt like kind of like driving a tractor like it was pretty it was I had to fight it a lot it was pretty rough. 
And uh, I even drove some other sh- other buses, shuttle buses, and they they were kind of similar. They're kind of a lot of effort to drive uh, versus like this U-Haul that I have. Um, they make them easier to drive. Like if you look at the like just the U-Haul marketing, it'll say uh, like easy ride suspension or whatever. But these are engineered, you know, that anyone can hop in and drive them. So they drive more like a like a regular van. Uh, they're easy to, to steer and everything. And they're, they're pretty comfortable and they're quiet. Uh, because with the box truck, you have a sealed cab, your cab isn't open to the the whole body. So you don't hear all this stuff rattling around and like, you don't hear the, you know, the closets creaking and everything and your pans clinking together. So, um, that's pretty cool. The box truck though, takes a lot more effort to build out. Um, you know, you have to add windows. I had to add windows to mine and I had to I replaced the rear roll-up door with a regular door. So the box truck definitely takes the most effort to convert. So (laughs) everything has pros and cons. There's really no right answer. It just depends what you want to do. But I would honestly say if, you know, if someone's just going to like try to get into it and they just want like a a quick, cheap way to get in, but they want a lot of space, I would get a shuttle bus Uh, The cool thing about a shuttle bus is you can just put regular furniture inside. Like you can just throw in a regular mattress. You can get like a couch or a love seat at Goodwill or like a little sink at Goodwill. You can put regular furniture in it because they're big enough and just hit the road. So I think that's kind of cool for someone that's starting out. Nice. Yeah, I think also that, like you said, I think you hit it right on the money, right on the head when you said, are you loving our podcast? Well, we have a way for you to get one more a month. By joining our Patreon community, you get exclusive access to a one-hour podcast ad-free every single month that does a deep dive into what it's really like to live on the road. Depending on which tier you select, you could even get free merchandise. Check out the link below and join the Patreon community today. You also get access to tons of behind-the-scenes content from our YouTube channel, too. Now back to the podcast. Your first rig doesn't have to be the perfect rig. Like, because realistically... You might wind up getting on the road and not really even enjoy it. And then what are you going to do? Try to turn around and possibly sell it. You know, there's a lot of logistics that might go into that. Then you might be paying back loans. You know, there's there's a lot that goes into that. Well, and you yep. might actually get on the road and realize, oh, I didn't actually need the stand-up shower and this, you know, yep. like, or, you know, I thought I was going to need all this countertop, but I really yep. only used a tiny portion of it. We did that in our first van. Yeah, yep. we, you know, and, you know, you can renovate and you can kind of make fixes and stuff, but I think it's wise to not invest $100,000 in your first van build. Definitely. You don't even know if you like van life yet. I will say I'm glad I will gladly sell you a hundred thousand dollar rig if I was the salesperson. But <laughs> you know, on the other end, if you're really looking at doing it like in an affordable way, you might want to see if you even really like it first. Absolutely. And I like I just like knowing that my vehicle doesn't cost that much. Mm-hmm. Like this box truck I'm in now, I paid fifty five hundred for it. And all the materials were like maybe four grand, you know, I'm into it for like less than $10,000. So like, you know, and then like five months of labor, but you know, if this thing like caught on fire, you know, I'm not out $50,000, you know what I mean? Like, so I'm not like, I'm not stressing at the end of the day of like, Oh, where am I going to park it? Like, what if somebody scratches it? What if somebody steals it? You know, I don't have all those stresses that you would have if you had like a big fancy shiny, you know, sprinter or transit or something. I feel like you've got a ton of really awesome knowledge about van life and like rigs and conversions. And, you know, I know that you've built a couple of rigs for yourself and for other people. Um, yep. So that kind of brings me to Van Life RX, which is your new project. So do you kind of want to explain, you know, what the what you've got going on there and how it can help people who are getting into van life? Yeah, for sure. So the idea came from, um, I went to an event called Tiny Fest, Texas. And it's a place like, you know, as a, as a nomad, I've gone to a bunch of other nomad events, van life events, where you meet other people that are doing what you do, that are traveling and you're hanging out and having fun. But this uh, Tiny Fest, it was different because it was a place where people come almost like, think of like a fair, where people buy tickets and they come in and they tour tiny homes, but then also they have tiny homes on wheels. So I showed my box truck there 
And I've like, I've never before been able to talk to like, you know, a hundred people over the course of a weekend that were either thinking about getting into van life or like were partially through a build or, you know, they were at all these different stages of about to hit the road, but haven't yet. And so I talked to all these people and um, had some really good conversations. And what I gathered from it is that a lot of people, uh, you know, appreciate the ability to, to kind of talk one-on-one with someone who has experience and ask specific questions. Like I had this one girl that her and her boyfriend are like building out a van and she literally like, she came inside, she looked at my rig and she was like, okay, I have some questions. And she literally just rattled off like 10 questions that were very specific that like, I could tell she had, you know, been working on a van and, and now she had these these questions that she wasn't able to find answers to other places. So uh, Van Life RX is, it's two, it's kind of a two, a double-edged sword. So it's a place for people who are new to van life to come and, uh, you know, talk with experienced van lifers and get information, um, you know, watch videos. There's also going to be classes. So there will be free and, uh, and paid online classes where people can learn about all different aspects of van life, including the basics all the way up through like electrical and conversion work. And then the other thing it's going to be is a place for people that are currently van lifing to meet and collaborate and get to know each other. So it'll be a resource to find out uh, which events are happening, to find out. There'll be a classified section. So if you want to buy or sell a vehicle or parts, there's that. And then the biggest thing is I'm doing a community-based forum, which will be a place for people to share uh, their van life stories and kind of what got them into van life and a place to share their vehicle builds and just kind of a more personal way for the community to grow together. And so that's, that's my vision uh, for the website and it's uh, been coming along quite nicely. Yeah, we absolutely love the idea and we actually can't wait to put some of our information out there for you guys, maybe find some classes. Uh, We'll be on that site. Hopefully Uh, we'll have everything up here in a, in a short time. And uh, yeah, you guys could find classes through people like us uh, that have knowledge of this lifestyle, that have the knowledge that you've, you've been looking for. If you want more in-depth classes on what we've been talking about via the podcast too, let us know in some comments or you could directly message us on Instagram. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm looking forward to working with you guys. And uh, I'm really looking forward to getting to know the community. I'm going to be doing some... Uh, some live uh like some cooking classes you know so we're just gonna have fun and like hang out and you know just have a good time and that's what really what van life is about so i'm definitely looking forward to uh to jumping in there with you guys i actually you know when we were camped out with you i was always impressed about what you could put together in your little tiny kitchen with like one appliance (laughs) yeah 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 so my first van i had uh a propane cooktop and then I had an instant pot and I figured out that you could reheat like your leftovers in the instant pot. And then that was it. That was game over. I was like, I can make instant pot meals and then reheat them in the instant pot. It uses electricity. It's coming from solar. So I never have to like buy anything or refill anything. And now in my third build, it's literally my only, well, I have a blender also and a juicer, but the instant pot is like the only thing I really use to make, you know, full on meals. And I I love it. Yeah, I think that's awesome. We're still on the propane setup and we actually just went today and got our propane refilled and maybe we have to do it every like three months or so. And it only costs like 10 bucks, but it is really annoying to be like in the middle of cooking a meal in the middle of nowhere and like poof your propane's gone i still use the same instant pot i started out with like four years ago it's the smallest one they make i think it's three quarts but it it only uses 700 watts of electricity so like all i ran it with was a thousand watt inverter and 200 watts of solar like that's all i had in my first van and i never had a problem with it and i also ran a fridge and a max fan and charged my laptop so Um, it's actually, it's pretty efficient because the cooking times are so low. Like when I cook something, it's like, it takes 10 minutes. So it doesn't really use much electricity in 10 minutes. 
Yeah, I will say the Instant Pot is clutch for like uh, one person or even a couple. But, you know, I'm also not like a really that good of a cook. So I just like it because it's simple and everything usually tastes pretty good. But if you're like a good cook and you know what you're doing, I mean, a propane, like a regular propane cooktop and like a skillet and, you know, getting a couple couple burners going is definitely there's a lot of value there so I, I appreciate that kind of cooking as well yeah there's something about just like fire and like cooking over fire it feels very like primal and I will yeah and you can't that. you can't beat the taste of meat that's been cooked on fire like instant Brad, pot meat is never meat? it's never the same it's not the same Brad I didn't I thought you were who's like it, full vegetarian sausages remember those beer sausages you had <laughs> No, no, I'm not full vegetarian. I eat, I eat mostly plants, like fruits and vegetables, but I still incorporate meat. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say Alex won me over for sure with the fact that she cooks everything from basically scratch, and I mean, all of our food is absolutely wonderful. I can't wait yeah. to actually have a meal tonight after we speak about food. It just makes me so yeah. hungry. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah. So I have a buddy that, uh, he actually lives in an electric BMW. Uh, it's crazy. Like it's like a smart car. It's the smallest vehicle I've ever seen anybody live in, but he has this, uh, electric cooktop that he powers off of his car back. Cause he's got a huge lithium battery built in. So he po powers, a uh, induction cooktop and then he uses his cast iron skillet to, uh, like, he cooked up some chicken for me the other day and it was like blackened chicken and it was probably the best chicken I've ever had. And I'm made like, off a car battery. Made, made off of, uh, yeah, a cast iron skillet that's running off of his plug-in hybrid car. I'm like, this, this is nuts, dude. This is the best chicken I've ever had. And it, it, it shouldn't be. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but obviously you've met a lot of people, you've been to a lot of different events. I feel like probably most of your friend group is now nomads and other people who live on the road. So can you kind of talk a little bit to like, you know, how you've made friends and the community aspect of being on the road? Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely different. Um, obviously being on the road, I would argue that you definitely have to be someone that's comfortable being alone because you do spend a lot of time alone. Um, so that's something to consider. And so like, yeah, you know, I'll hang out with friends when I get to a, a new place and I meet somebody or of course at the events we go to, you know, as nomads, I feel like we're always trying to find the next van life gathering. So that's always a super exciting time, you know, to run into old friends and make new friends and, uh, and all that so it's uh it's enjoyable but it's definitely there's a lot of alone time as well so uh it worked out for me because i'm an only child so i'm like i'm used to being alone um so i you know i'm cool with it but uh it's definitely it's definitely different so a lot of times friends are you know they're not in person they're on the phone or they're on you know instagram or facebook or whatever so it's it's different yeah, it's kind of interesting, the the lifestyle. I mean, I think that that's part of the times today now, too, is that you meet more people online. Even like True. Alex and I meeting in general was through an online dating site. Like a lot of the nomad friends that we've met have been because we connected on Instagram. Or Facebook. And or, then it was like, yeah. oh, we're both in Salt Lake City. Like, let's hang out. Yeah, and I think that something to say for even communities that are out there that aren't this type of lifestyle is that you can meet a lot of friends via the internet if you are, like, looking hobby-based or you're looking, you know, just to meet different people with a different mindset than maybe the people that you're currently around. Um, it is a tool now that, you know, normally – when you would hit your 30s or your 20s after college or high school, you're not really meeting many new friends unless it's at work or something like that. Yes. So, so realistically, this tool, it, the internet is a tool. If you use it properly, you could find whatever your needs are, especially if you're looking for friends or a different opportunity in your life, work-related, whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that not only – is it valuable to us as nomads, but I think it's valuable to everybody really. Yeah, I agree with that. And I'll say I have more friends now than I did in my adult life because as a small business owner, you know, I was basically working by myself or with, you know, a couple employees 
but I, you know, I wasn't working like some big corporate office job where there was like a bunch of people to hang out with. So I was way more alone, um, you know, back in that life, you know, go, go home to your, uh, you know, your house and, you know, hang out by yourself and then go to bed and start the next day. So yeah, there's definitely a lot more community now um, that I find myself on the road. And the cool thing too, is when you meet other van lifers, you know, already, you know, you guys have so much in common. So you've already crossed off a lot of boxes. And even if they're not, you know, someone you would maybe normally hang out with, you still are going to have a bunch in common that you can, you know, at least talk about and, and, you know, hang out. If you really think about it, then when you were a boss and you were running this business, do you think that truly you were more lonely then than you are now? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I was way more busy, you know, so I didn't have time to hang out. And then when I did, you know, it was just like, the problem is you always end up hanging out with your business partner because that's like the only person you know. I mean, it's stupid. If you're enjoying all the information that you're getting on this podcast, you're going to love our van life book. This book is going to take you from thinking and dreaming about van life to buying your rig, building it out, and everything that you need to know about being on the road, living van life full time. If you want to pick it up, it's available as a Kindle download on Amazon, and we would so appreciate your support. Link in the description below. How many hours you spend trying to build a business. And so it's like, oh, I guess I'll go to the bar with my business partner. Or I guess I'll go down to the club with my business partner and we'll, you know, try to meet some girls. But yeah, it's like I never had time, you know, to go do all the social stuff. So I was way more alone. Well, and they say, too, like you are a reflection of the five people that you hang out with the most. And so if the guy that you're hanging out with the most is a chain smoker, yeah. like rats, yep. then yep. that's what you're going to become. And what I feel like the people that we meet on the road generally are really like open thinkers and deep talkers and nature lovers and, yeah. you know, just people who enjoy life. And so it's really nice to connect with people like that who kind of build you up and make you excited and, you know, give you places to explore and new ideas to think about rather than just like, oh, I commuted to work today and now I'm going to go to this party that I have to go to that I don't even really want to go to, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. And that's what's really important for me is, you know, for me, this was so much about nature. And so now it's like, yeah, everyone you meet, if you're van life, you pretty much have to appreciate nature and enjoy being in it. So um, already I, I kind of know any fellow van lifer is going to be a nature lover. So it's pretty, uh, it's pretty cool. I, I, I like the people. So let me ask you this. You've been on the road since 2017. A lot has happened in the last, like, I guess almost two years now with COVID yeah. and everything that's gone on. Um, a lot of people that we know that have been in van life for a long time have mentioned, you know, that it's not quite the same as it used to be or that it's different or, you know, in whatever way. So have you noticed, you know, a change change between pre and post vid? Yeah. I mean, I definitely realized that pre vid, that was the, that was the good old days, right? Like, um, and I'm, I'm so grateful that I got to experience it before all that happened. Uh, because I mean, you can't, you know, like the first thing I did was do the whole West coast tour. Like I couldn't imagine trying to travel through California right now, you know, like it's probably a nightmare just to try to go into, you know, a grocery store and get groceries. So, um, yeah, I think it's different now. I think we're living in a different time now and I think it's more complicated and I hope that things don't become too difficult but i kind of have a feeling that things are going to get more difficult i think um you know i think i think times are going to get more tough so i'm just trying to enjoy and that's one reason that i just want to get out and make sure i can do as many events as possible and see as many places as possible because i really don't know uh, what the future is going to look like Yeah, I think a lot of people are in that same situation where, you know, what future was guaranteed before is kind of like up in the air now. And, you know, the hope is that everything is good and, you know, fine and we kind of can move forward from this. But I think something that'll be really helpful is websites like you're building where we can have the community and we can talk with each other about, you know, 
this place is difficult to travel. This place is not difficult to travel. Like if you are going through here, watch out for that. Or, you know, like just the community aspect of it to make life on the road better. So like, even if we can't all necessarily meet in person or, you know, there's a more barriers to living van life, the online forum will be like that much more important to get people on the road having a good time. Yeah. And one thing I could see is, you know, the future could be more private in the sense that, you know, instead of doing all the campgrounds and BLM land, it might be more of like, you know, you're traveling between private properties. So, you know, if somebody gets a property and then they're going to say, hey, you know, you guys can come hang out here for a while and you might end up like traveling, you know, between fellow nomads locations and stuff so it might it might be a totally different landscape i don't know but i think it's important now more than ever to uh really establish a community uh i feel like inherently van life has been very independent which is cool and it's been very much about you know finding your own path and and doing your own thing but i feel like now is the time um you know to make sure that you you have community and you have other people that can help you if you need it yeah, that, that brings me to my next point. Um, we use something called Boondockers Welcome. That is a good resource out there. It's $50 a year. This is not a sponsored ad or anything like that, but we found it very useful when we're traveling through cities. Um, we could look up and see if there's any people in the area that uh, allow Boondockers. And uh, sure enough, you request a stay at their place for the night. And if they really like you, they'll definitely invite you back again. So there's also other things like harvest hosts out there. Um, and then to be able to have this community-based aspect of it, we might be able to have the opportunity for others to uh, give you the opportunity to be able to park in their driveway or on their land and whatnot. Nice. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. I've never used – have you used Boondockers Welcome? Yes, yeah, we we've used it a couple of times, and it's been pretty good most of the times. I mean, a couple of times we've, like, put in requests to stay places and just never gotten a response back. Gotcha. You know, I'm sure happens a lot of sites, you know. But for the most part, when we have stayed at the places, it's been really nice. And I think something, you know, since van life is a little bit cyclical in terms of, like, not necessarily everybody stays in it forever, right? Like sometimes oh, for sure. You know, a couple years, a couple months. Um, it's not necessarily a lifestyle that you're going to do forever unless you're still right. into it, you know. But so as people kind of like cycle out of the van life lifestyle, getting, you know, property or moving into like bigger home, you know, whatever, then I think people like that would be more prone to offer up their property and offer up you know these spaces for people to you know communally share because they get the lifestyle yeah definitely you know what's crazy i just i just saw an article on the news the other or on the internet the other day i forget who it was but there's uh there's a new startup that's coming out and it's basically it's going to be a chain of like private campgrounds and there's going to be at least one in every state and basically you pay a membership and i think it's a thousand bucks a month but you can stay in any of those uh, any of their campgrounds like throughout the country you know unlimited stay so basically you always have a place that you can park at and then if you spend like 1500 a month uh you can actually that includes the lease of a like a fully converted sprinter i think so for 1500 a month you would have a built out sprinter plus you could park in any of these campgrounds all across the country it's pretty wild but it's kind of a cool idea actually if i was somebody who didn't have a build and was looking at like doing this type of lifestyle that 1500 a month one would definitely intrigue me dude um, to have a fully built sprinter that is not a bad that is not a bad deal yeah yeah and i and feel like too to it gives you that security of like where am i going to sleep tonight oh i know because i've basically paid rent for the month to stay mm. at this campground well if yeah. you could stay at a campground for like a month at a time or you could stay there for six months you could then right you know work your regular job that you're working right. within the city area and still have the means to you know uh pay for your life 
Yeah, it sounds really cool, and I wish I could remember the name of it. I just can't right now. But, I mean, it's definitely something I would check out just to have that, like, that guaranteed space. And then I'm sure it's going to have full amenities. Like, it'll probably have, like, its own shower house and, like, plug-ins and Wi-Fi and all that. So yeah. that might be kind of a cool bridge between, like, you know, the the down and dirty van life versus, like, living in a regular house. That might be kind of a cool in-between. Yeah, for sure. I think that that would be really cool. And I think it also speaks to the fact that van life is growing and living nomadically is growing and the whole community is growing. And I think especially because of COVID, a lot of people, you know, went remote and they were like, why am I paying to live in the city that I don't even want to be in? Mm -hmm. Um, And so van life has exploded and, you know, doing or like startup businesses like this is just kind of proof that, you know, van life is here to stay yeah yeah and i think it's like you know it's like the rv park for the new generation because there's tons of rv parks out there but it's mostly only for you know rvs that you purchase that are actual rvs and it's mostly Mm -hmm. for older people and you know it's not it's not like the young hip nature vibe right like yeah i spent some time in rv parks and most people are just like inside watching television you know like they're not (laughs) they're not about the nature side of it so yeah it's kind of this new this new movement and i i dig it and i think that the aspect of the digital like work aspect has created the ability for a lot more people to be more open to this type of lifestyle because previously you would have to pick up a job right now you can work online if you're if your business yep. or the company you work for allows you to to work like that then this is a perfect lifestyle for you if you love the outdoors absolutely so one last question Brad any advice for the people out there that are thinking about doing it that um, are like on the about to build a van? Like what, what do you, what kind of advice do you have for them? Yeah. I always tell people if they're feeling called that they should just do it and don't, you don't have to be fancy. I met, uh, you guys know him, uh, the average, the average Brad, he did your van tour up in Alaska. The other Brad. The other Brad. Yeah. And so I was talking, yeah, his Instagram is the average Brad. But yeah, the other Brad that I was with the other day, um, he lived in a Kia Sportage for two years um, before he got into a van. And that's just like a small SUV. I mean, you can, you know, so I'm like, whatever you got, just get out there and try it. Um, The biggest thing is you have to see if you're comfortable, you know, with being in nature, comfortable with all the unknowns of just parking random places. So make sure that it's for you because it's a very different experience from, you know, living in an apartment, you know, having a regular job. It's totally different. So I just tell people, go out and try it and see if it's for you, because if it is, it could change your life in an absolutely wonderful way. And uh, if it's not for you, then that could save you a bunch of money. Totally. I love that. I think that we should rename this podcast. Just do it. Well, I think that Just Nike might it. get upset and try to sue us. Uh, hey, they can sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I feel like Nike had the best slogan for the nomads. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah, that's good advice. It's good advice for many things in life. Just do it. I gotta say, I'm 36 now, and I definitely have more regrets. Like, I don't have many regrets, but I more often regret things that I did not do. Um, rather than things that I did and changed my mind at. Um, so, you know, it's, yeah, it's, you know, you always learn something, even if you, if you take a path and it's not for you, you still learned that it's not for you and you gain some skills along the way. So there's no harm in, in, you know, trying out something new and just rolling the dice of the universal dice of life and see what comes up. You might just like it. I love it, Brad. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. We're going to have all your links down below, including Van Life RX, so everybody can go check it out. And yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Heck yeah. I appreciate it, guys. I will uh, catch you guys soon. One of the biggest things that I think I've learned from this podcast is you don't want to be that person that regrets not doing the thing that they've wanted to do, whether it's going on that vacation or it's getting that crazy haircut or it's going to a ball game or kissing the girl that you want to kiss, you know, whatever it is, you should strive for that thing. We only get to live this life once. And what fulfills us, what makes us feel really good about ourselves is when we do those things that we want to do. And I think too, there's a lot of 
you know, what ifs and worries and, you know, fears associated with getting out of your comfort zone and doing something different. But, you know, you think back and it's like, we could have just stayed in our jobs in New York City and we could have just been doing that for the last two years. And, you know, that would have been fine. It would have been easy in the sense of lifestyle doesn't change, nothing changes, everything's the same. But it would have been hard on our souls, I feel like. It would have been draining to our mental well-being, where now we're full when it comes to our mental well-beings. And yeah, work. we have to work a little bit harder to make the money to continue to do what we do, but we're okay with that. Well, we're working on something that we're passionate about, and we're working on building something that we believe in. And, you know, not everybody who gets out on the road has to start their own business or become, you know, a social media influencer, air quotes, whatever. There's so many different style jobs that you could do out there on the road, whether it's stopping and working for three months and then traveling for a year. Or finding a corporate job online that you can just pick up wherever you are. Like, right now where we're camped, we're in a beautiful nature setting. It's absolutely free. And we have amazing internet. Yeah, we could do anything digitally online right now. We could have meetings. We could do podcasts with people. We could literally upload our YouTube videos, which is one of the hardest things you do, you have to do when you're on the road. Yeah, download speeds are usually kind of easy. Upload speeds are, are hard. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, so I don't think we regret making this choice at all. It's definitely put us on a totally different path than we were already on. And... You know, like we're saying with Brad, it's like, you know, you might take this path and you might at some point decide, okay, that's not the right path for me, but at least you tried it. Yeah. And that's the main thing is trying something. If you don't like it, you could always go back to whatever you were doing. Well, and in the market. 90% of the time. Yeah. The market right now too. Like if you spend some time and energy and, you know, make a build that's really nice, you could probably sell it for more than you bought it for. Heck yeah, 100%. So, you know, the the risk is quite low. And for us, too, like, it was like, I could always get another job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if we needed to stop somewhere and we needed to, like, go get that corporate job again, we could do it. Yeah, we're extremely thankful for having the career opportunities that we had because it puts us in a position to be able to go back and get that job anywhere in the world Anywhere in the United States, any anywhere, like legitimately anywhere. I could pick up side work, no problem, and be able to make a lot of money if, if we needed it. But life isn't always about money. Money doesn't always make you happy. Does it help? Sure. But experiences is where it's at. You want to experience as much as you can, take in as much as you can, meet as much culture as you can, make yourself as diverse as possible, and you're going to flourish. You're going to you're going to have a much better life than you had previously. Well, all I know right now is that we need to take our dog outside for a walk because he is not on my hand so good right now. Ouch. Okay, we are going to sign off on the podcast. We thank you all so much for listening. We hope that you have an FNA day whether you pick up a sweatshirt or not. We love you guys. Thank you for listening and thank you for being a part of our community. Everybody knows it's true. Band life, YouTube channel, what they do. Everybody's got to get money. Everybody's about to get money. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel, FNA Van Life. All that.